buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is up, sales hustlers? I've got a special guest for you today. I've got Christopher Williams, who runs the only peer-to-peer sales huddle that I have had the privilege of being a part of. So I'm excited to bring Chris on and talk everything but sales. But first, I'm going to let you guys get to know Chris a little bit. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, the short version and how you got into sales so that we can save most of the time to talk about the things that people came here for. Yeah, thanks, Colin. Um, So I run a group called Sales Huddle. It's a peer-to-peer mastermind group for experienced salespeople that that want to help each other out with the challenges that we all face every week. Um, so, Colin, you've been on a few. I'll probably ask you about your experience thus far. Um, yeah, so there's multiple huddles that are run per week, and, and we get on the, and we just help each other with that whatever we're facing. Um, my story in sales is interesting. Um, I grew up hating sales. I thought that sales was evil and manipulative by nature. Um, Mm. there was no, there was no way that that it couldn't be that. Um, I, I live in upstate New York now and I grew up in Maine around a a number of, um, self-described hippies. And when I was growing up, I was obsessed with renewable energy and, and saving the world or, as I understood it in those days. So salespeople and, were evil. <laughs> yeah. Salespeople were evil. And, but I've been working since I was 12 years old. I grew up poor and I've just always been working. And I went to a school called oh, Babson, which is a business school. I love business. Um, and my first real job was in, was in sales. A guy named Brian Hayden at HeatSpring hired me. He actually hired me once and then their revenues were tanking. So they fired me after six months. I went to go work as a solar installer. And then like two years later, he rehired me because revenues had gone back up. And I, at that point, I was responsible for sales for the company because Brian wanted to spin off this other software product. And so my the, the what got me into sales was like respecting Brian, and respecting the mission of HeatSpring, which was doing, we were, we were selling really technical training for renewable energy contractors and engineers. And... Mm-hmm. And it was this first time where I was like, I was like, okay, like my base thing was like sales is evil. Sales is lying. Sales is coercive. And then on the other side, I was like, 
I respect this guy. I respect this product. I've taken them. I think they're useful. And, and there was people coming to me buying them. And I was like, it just finally hit me where I was like, okay, if I sell $10 million worth of this product, I'm being more true to myself than if I sell half a million dollars or a million dollars. And I was like, okay. And that felt really true. So I was like, okay, so it's kind of more is more. Mm. And then I, and then there, it was this slow progression of me realizing that I could get these companies and these individuals, what they wanted in a way that had integrity and honesty and it was serving them and I wasn't lying and I wasn't doing any of those things, right? I could just be honest and be clear. And so slowly but surely I was like, okay, sales is evil. And in this case, it's okay. And then in this case, it's okay. And it, I got this really felt sense of like where my line was and what my values were. And because I was responsible at HeatSpring for like all of the revenue, I was responsible for product development and customer development and marketing and sales. And like, I really had to figure out what really is the difference? What is sales? What is marketing? From the position of these things are evil and I don't want to do them. So like my bar was really high. Yeah. And, and that just really helped me because it just gave me this sense of like, this is sales, this is more. And it was that I think in combination yeah. with, with Babson, which is like a trade school for business where it like, it all just started to click. And by 25 years old, it was like, it just all made sense to me. Like, yeah. So what, was there like a particular experience or something that made you have such a negative association with sales as a profession or salespeople in general? Hmm. No, because this is not, this is common, right? A lot of yep. people because sales. A lot of people think like sales is a dirty word, right? Yep. You hear it all the time, and a lot of people think like you know salespeople are conniving and lying, and you know they try to get you to do something. You know they're manipulative. Um, that's like a common. That's been a lot of people view salespeople that way. Uh, so much so that even a lot of salespeople themselves don't even like telling folks that they're in sales, right? If they go out yeah. to a dinner party, it's like, I'm a technology advisor. I'm, you know, some sort of technology yeah. consultant, engineer, whatever. They won't just say like, I do sales, like I sell, you know? Um, and, you know, I think that, so I'm just wondering if there was like some particular thing or if that was just something that you kind of had created, but it sounds like it served you well uh, based on what I'm hearing because you were very clear on what you didn't want to be as a salesperson early on, which forced you to like, I'm going to stick to doing things the way that feels good for me. That's true. That's authentic. And like, I like to view sales as serving, right? I'm yep. serving those that I sell to, uh, you know, by getting them to a new future state or a new desired state or helping, you know, them solve a problem or adding value. There's a real different mindset that you can mm -hmm. view sales, right? Yep. And, it, yep. and it, it, so, so like being clear on that early on really helped you stick to what felt good for you going into a role that you had a negative, you know, association with. Yeah. There was not a specific incident there. It was more just the culture I grew up around was, was what it was. It was the judgment that's that that culture had around sales. It, it was basically just judgments. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and 
it's the, the manipulation thing is really interesting because I've been playing with this lately because I, I share this with people all the time. Like I'm in sales and, and they'll ask me and they'll, they'll bring up manipulation. I'm like, yeah. And there's B2B manipulation and B2C. And I actually don't think it happens as much as we think. I think there's lying. Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think a lot of salespeople lie. And I don't consider that to be um, and some, and manipulation. Sometimes, sometimes they lie without even knowing they're lying. Like, correct, correct. For me, I personally got into sales over 10 years ago and I had very little training or resources. Like I, if I wanted to learn to be a better salesperson, I had to go out on my own and figure things out and find resources and listen to podcasts and blogs and read books and take courses. Like that was my path to becoming better in sales or finding what was true for me. Um, and the training that I got was like, here's the script. And then somebody breathing down my neck, telling me what to say and what not to say for two weeks and then hit the phones and that's it. So a lot of salespeople, especially if they're in a phone environment, they start parroting things that they hear and that those things may or may not be true. And I had that happen to me myself where it was like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this guy's doing well and he keeps saying this thing. So I'm going to start saying that. And then one of the people that had been around for a while was like, Hey, you really shouldn't say that because Although he's saying that it's not true, you're lying to people, and I was like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. Yeah. this doesn't feel good anymore." Yep. And one of the things that I would add, you know, I think there's a lot of new salespeople, and I think that sales is fundamentally a position that's about leadership. You talk about this is serving. Who serves? People that serve are people that have competency and skills that can serve other people, right? So in order to become good at sales, there's the sales and there's actually the competency that a person is using to serve. And I think that it's actually, for that reason, a really difficult job for folks that are younger or folks, yeah, just actually folks that are younger. Cause I think if someone comes into sales and has had like life experience and has built up a skill set in the area, they'll be, mm-hmm. they'll be better able at using that to sell because they have a, a, a competency to serve from. And right. I noticed this, this, like we could call it an archetype. If we wanted to get woo woo, we could call it this energy is one of the things I notice is lacking. And I see often within sales settles and we're talking with sales settles is this idea that's a leadership position. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was talking with somebody about setting agenda for a call and they were like, <laughs> oh, upfront contracts. Sandler. And I was like, yeah, great. And why do you set an upfront contract? They didn't know. The reason that you set an upfront contract or whatever you want to call it, I don't use that word, but I do that is because for me as a leader, if I want people to, I need to give people clear direction and to show them that I know what's happening and that I'm looking out for them and they're being held. Mm -hmm. And part of that is saying, Hey, thanks for this. This is what we're doing here. This is where it's going. This is what I want to know about you. This is what I'm going to share about me. Does all that work, right? I am going first. I am leading, right? So the point of the upfront, and and I'm doing that because I have information that can serve them, right? And the analogy I often give, I think you might have been in the huddle where I use this one, is if if I were hiking Mount Everest and I'm hiring a guide to go up Mount Everest, and I and I show up and I pick my guide and I say, okay, guy. It's day one, we're gonna hike. And the guy goes, great, Chris, what do you wanna do first? (laughs) How would I feel in that moment? I would feel absolutely unsettled. Like, what? 
I would be like, I, what is happening? I need to get away from this person. I want them to tell me what to do based upon their skills so I can do what I need. That's where the needs comes in, in a way where I still live. Granted, so, that's how a, does it, so how does this relate back to like sales leaders or lack of? Yeah, 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 exactly. So oftentimes I think I notice this in a sales huddle when I'm, when I, at, when someone's like getting stuck in how they're starting a call, they're ending the call. I'm saying, why are you asking this question? Mm. Why are you saying yes to this request? Why are you saying no to this request? And if the answer is, this person wants me to do this and I'm saying no to this because based on my experience, it will not serve them if we do this. Bingo, right answer, right? Just like the guide hiking up the mountain is like, if you walk over this fucking cliff, you're going to die. Do not do that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the guide doesn't get to know the people they're bringing up and their preferences and tailor the journey to them. Absolutely. See, this can be, this can be a dangerous spot for salespeople because if they have lack of leadership inside of their organization, or if they have, you know, lack of ongoing training, then they seek outside help, right? Whether yep. that's books, blogs, content, podcasts, uh, courses, whatever. And there's a lot of different you got to really do your homework before you just start taking in content and trying to apply that. Like, what's the track record? What sort of reviews? Is this valid? Does this still work? Is this relevant to me, my industry? Or, you know, when was this written? You know, so I think that, you know, it, it, it's important also for salespeople specifically now that are like just getting into sales because I've, I've interviewed a lot of people that have been in sales and it's very common for people to say, I fell into sales or sales was my backup plan or sales was my plan B or I lost my job and the economy was bad and it was the only job that I can get. And then they made something out of it, right? So I, I have this feeling that there's going to be a lot of people getting into sales right now. And I would encourage those folks to like, not just take the first job that you can get, even though, you know, you might be desperate to just get something mm -hmm. you really need to do. There's resources out there. Like what is this, what sort of reviews does this company have? Are they doing what they say they're going to do as a company? Are yep. they delivering? What are their customers saying about them? Do you know anybody that's already working there that you can talk to and see how they like it or what their experience has been and do your research on their leaders or their managers and, you know, there's Glassdoor, you know, how, what are people saying about this company that are working there before just taking the first job that you can get? Because proper leadership is so important when you take a sales job because it can like make or break your career or your stint at that company. Yep. Yeah. And, and part of that, I would say, is, is for that individual to ask to, and, and to ask and truly understand and feel, is this product or service, something I legitimately think is serving others. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's okay, important. That, there's a big thing in there. Does it, does that really feel that way? Cause that, in my opinion, will come through in the interaction versus they're like, it doesn't. And I'm just doing this cause I need to have X, Y, Z, which is a fair reason. And also I think there will be a limit on that, yeah. that, that person's capability in that role. And maybe I, I just agree. being aware of it. Just be aware I, of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I would say that that's that's a great point. Like really believing in what you're selling or serving to others that's helping or benefiting people uh, is going to make you light up about it, be more passionate about it, be more excited to get up and do it every day. Um, but you know, considering 
you know, maybe you aren't fully in love with what it is. It might still be okay to take that role. But like you said, be aware of that. Maybe this is just a stepping stone to the next role where you can get to something that you're more passionate in, or maybe you're just going there to learn experience. But knowing what your intentions are when you take that role um, and, and, and doing your research before just signing up as well. Yeah. The other thing I would add that's that's coming to mind is is have answer the simple question, like ask really simple questions and have simple answers to them. And this is, this is about like a product or a specific sales interaction of just like ask a bunch of simple questions and have simple answers to those and, and really know what those are. Like the simple act of like having a one sheet of like, here's who I sell to you and here's a good customer and here's this. I think it's the most important thing. And it's true if someone's in the beginning and I work with people in a sales huddle that have been in sales for 15 years. And you know what we're working on? How they describe what they sell in the first two sentences. It's, it's yeah. like, it doesn't, it doesn't stop that refinement, that constant practice. And my experience is that's something that I can't do by myself. But, but when I get that done of like, here's who a great customer is. Here's how I'd know. Here's who a horrible customer is. Here's how I know. Like, here's who I am. Here's what I sell. Here's our best customer. Mm -hmm. Here's who I really want to work with. Just in the simplest language. Like, here's what we sell. Here's why people tend to find it valuable. Here's people that don't find it valuable. Like the simplest thing. And here's the other thing I would add that, that really changed my world when it came to sales. And that first thing is that to me, sales is a sorting game. It's not a convincing game. It has nothing to do most of the time, let's just say 90, there, there is a time where sales can get into a convincing game, depending upon where we're talking about that convincing around if it's an explicit need or implicit need or a business need. Let's not get into that because I think that that's like master level and most salespeople, and most businesses never need to touch that to hit their revenue goals. Mm -hmm. But for most of the time, I think it's a sorting game. In other words, my job as a salesperson is to find the people that are already looking for what I sell and, it's, and to match them. It's not to convince anybody of anything because I don't need to do that, right? Mm, I, I, would, I would push back on that just a little bit okay. because sometimes I agree, like there's a good percentage of people that are in market that need what you have and like it's going to just be easy to work and get to the goal that, you know, together, right? Which is you helping them, serving them, selling whatever it is, product or service, right? But there's also a big chunk of people that maybe aren't sure. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to mm -hmm. convince or help them realize that they need your help, right? But that's a harder sell. That takes more time. You really got to be a great salesperson that can ask great questions to get them to that realization that they may actually need your product or service. Yep. So, and I want to, I want to pinpoint something you just said, help them realize. So what that shows me is, is that problem existed and they might not have been aware about it 100%. and that's okay. I'm not convincing them of anything. Then I might be helping right. them to see something that they don't see, but there's no been convincing because the facts are the facts. Well, right? sometimes so I love you, that you said, help yeah. them see. Sometimes you have to convince them that it's a problem because they don't even aren't even aware of it. So you're not creating a problem. You're not 
force feeding them your product <laughs> or your service. Yeah. But you are convincing them like, hey, there might be a problem that you weren't aware of. And I'd like to show you some things to convince you, you know, a little uh, play on language here that, you know, this is a problem that we can help you with. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's still some convincing, but when you're convincing for good reason with good intention, that's okay. You know, I think that, you know, salespeople, you know, when they get into that gray area of lying, manipulating, t- you know, telling little things to, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. we can deliver that just to get them to the next phase or close the deal. That's when there's a problem. But when you're helping people see things that they didn't know exist as part of your sales process, that's totally okay. Yeah. And I can see, I, I don't use the term convince, although I can see how it applies in this circumstance. And I, and I love this thing of like helping them see something they don't, they can't see right. with themselves. Cause what, what does that take? Asking Competency. Yeah. Competency. I have to know that like, oh man, they're telling me that they have a problem with revenue and that this is an operation problem. Like, wow, I've actually seen this before. Like it's probably one of these two problems and, and they're not noticing it. I can help them see that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally lending my expertise to help them see their and business it- or their situation in a different way that helps them. Here's the thing I love that helps them if they yeah. decide to work with me or not. Mm. Yes. They'll walk Agreed. away being like, Chris taught me something mm-hmm. and that teaching is what establishes a leader follow relationship, coach, um, player, student, te- or student teacher, right? Like right. it's actually useful to create that, um, that split of perspective because then they then respect and trust and listening. They're receptive to my opinion because I've built their trust because I've showed them something that's true. They recognize to be true and they weren't aware of it beforehand. And they become, mm-hmm. they start to respect me more from that. And they're receptive to what I have to say. Right. And, so then and, all of a sudden information can flow. Yes. Yes. And, 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 and that's part of building that trust and rapport and relationship through the process. Right. And this can happen early in the sales process or even later on it can happen early when in the qualifying you know helping them in discovery uh, yeah. but it can also happen later on in the sales stage when the deal should be set to close and they've started to ghost you um, and you know a lot of times asking good questions and collecting feedback I love collecting feedback even when people tell me no because that feedback's even more valuable because a lot of times they may be misinformed they may have forgot about the things that you discussed in discovery, um, or they might be unaware of something that you can properly educate them on to continue down that journey. So this can happen in the beginning or towards the end of the sales process. Um, and using that tech, those techniques can be extremely beneficial for both the customer, the prospect and yourself, uh, obviously. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about sales huddle. I've had the privilege of joining a couple of sales huddles it's like nothing that I've ever experienced before. It's peer to peer. Um, walk us through like what, where was the aha moment of like, <laughs> this is something super cool that I need to do. Um, I had the, I had the job at heat spring. So, so sales huddle is, you know, 10 years in the making, I would say. And I resisted it for a long time. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get away from sales. And so what would happen was, was it had heat spring. I was living in Boston. I, I had this brand of 
like Chris will help you out with sales. Boston is a big tech scene. There were a lot of focus, people focused on technology. And um, I would just be the guy that would just be helping people out with sales. You know, I would just get calls of like, hey, Chris, I got your name from this person, this person. And I would always say like, hey, I'm happy to have a call with you up to three. You know, I want to, I want to help you out, see you succeed. But I never wanted to build it as a business because I didn't like coaching or consulting as a business model. And I didn't see myself and I still don't as like this, like expert that knows the answers. My belief is that most people who are in the role actually have the answers and myself and other, their peers can help them see that for themselves so they can, they can make their own decisions. So what shifted was last summer, I just started saying yes to those requests. And, um, the long story short was that my schedule filled up with one-on-one -on -one work and everybody that I was working with had these, we would get into doing call reviews for salespeople doing call reviews. My belief is that that's the most important thing salespeople can do to hone their craft. And it's the most important thing that sales managers can do to get everyone on the same page and just being optimized. What's being said, make sure it's honest, make sure it's serving like so many things. Mm -hmm. So I realized that a lot of salespeople didn't have anybody to do call reviews with. And I would be working with people. We'd be doing, you know, three-way call reviews. And I just had this, the first thought was like, oh, we could create this peer-to-peer -peer, um, network mm -hmm. um, for salespeople to do peer-to-peer -peer call reviews. What happened was in January, there was a few people that I really wanted to work with. And I just said, I just told them that. I was like, hey, man, like, you're the exact kind of salesperson I want in this community. Here's why. I'd love to have you join. I'm looking for 10 people. I'll group you with each other and you guys will agree each other's calls. And what happened was, was in about a one week time period, all three of them said like, Chris, I know you, like, I trust you. I'd love to work with you, but this matching me up with a stranger thing, like, uh, you know, it doesn't work for me. And I was like, great. You know, I said, great. I really respect you for saying that. I love to know why, right? Follow my own advice. Just ask like, why? And essentially they said like, it's too intimate. Like there's like, it's, there's so, there's a lot of trust involved. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Um, and I appreciate you having the courage to share that with me. And then in passing at the end of the conversations, I said, Hey, I've been thinking about doing this sales office hours thing. We all like get together and help each other out. This was before, this was in January. So this was before the pandemic. And I could, I could, I listened really intently and I could hear them smile on the phone on the other side. It wasn't video set. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, well, let me know you have that. And I was like, cool. So it was a Friday afternoon. And I'm sitting in my office and I'm angry. I'm just like, why aren't these people buying what I have to sell? Like, this is good. Like, this is going to be a hustle. And then I realized, I was like, wait, Chris, you have the right people. This, it's a, you know the problem. You're sharing the vision. And they're just saying no to this and yes to this. So just give them what they want. And I was like, ah, oh. I'm like literally having a conversation with myself. The name popped into my head, Sales Huddle. And I just emailed them all on Monday, said, hey, guys, remember that thing? I'm calling the sales huddle. The first one's 9 a.m. Wednesday, February uh, 5th, February 5th. Mm -hmm. They Three of them jumped on it. They absolutely loved it. One guy, we helped him solve this like sales process thing with how he followed up with people that probably made him like another 50 grand in like, like four months. He was like, this is the best, most productive meeting of my week. And it just grew since then. I started reaching out to salespeople I knew. They started referring people. Um, it became clear to me in June that it was like actually a business. Because at first I thought it was going to be this thing that fed into the peer-to-peer -peer call review thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and um, so that's, that's a story. And, 
And I'm curious, when you did the intro, you said that it was like unique, like you never experienced something like it. And I'm curious, yeah. like what, what, what is the uniqueness? <laughs> like, what did you? Yeah, it's, it's, it, what's, what's interesting about it is it's, it's peer to peer, right? And it could be, sometimes it's the same people. The next week it might be different people, right? So, and they're not inside your organization. So they're not your, your colleagues. They're not your, they're your equals. You know, we're all in sales trying to achieve the same thing, sell more of whatever it is that we sell. Right. Um, and everybody's there with kind of the same attitude of not just wanting to get something, but also to contribute something. Right. Mm. So, you know, there's an equal give take there. Like I'm here to get help, but I'm also here to help others. Mm. Um, so it kind of sets the tone. Um, but also like, I think people are really comfortable just sharing all of it and being really transparent and authentic about like, Hey, I'm really sucking at this, or I really need help with this, or this is mm. really hard right now. Um, because it's not a colleague, it's not a manager. It's not somebody that they need to worry about is going to judge them that they're in competition with, that's going to put their job at risk. Like they can just be mm. open and honest about the real raw, like, here's what I need help with guys. Like, have you experienced this? Um, and most of the time the answer is yes. Somebody has, somebody has something to add. Um, or it's even just, you know, we're all salespeople, right? So sometimes it's just like asking good questions to help mm -hmm. them find their own answers. Like you mentioned, but they needed that outside perspective to maybe tell them what they already knew, um, uh, but just weren't sure of. And then like, then there's the accountability, right? Everybody needs somebody that they have to be accountable to. Um, and so if you commit to changing something or trying something, like you don't want to be the person that comes back next week and is like, yeah, I know we talked about that, but I didn't do it because yeah. I was freaking lazy or I just didn't care enough or it wasn't a big enough problem. Um, so there's something really refreshing about that, that element that people can be, you know, real authentic about what they need help with and then also contribute and help others. So, yeah. Tremendous value. Uh, I love what you're doing with Sales Huddle. Um, I'm, I was glad to, to have you on here today. Uh, you know, we, we, we have a few more minutes, but I, I would love for you to just kind of tell people where they can um, check out Sales Huddle, learn more about it, you know, try Sales Huddle. Why don't you just give them all the goods? Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to do that. The thing that the thing that hit me when you were talking that I wanted to add is there's there's something about I noticed like in sales huddle where it's like there's an amount of just just having the presence of others to listen and mirror by itself without judgment by itself how much work that mm -hmm. does. It's, it, it never ceases to amaze me. I mean, I've had people in sales huddle, and I know we only have a few minutes, so I won't share the whole story, but they're like, they'll show up and they'll be like, hey, I got this problem. What should I do? And we'll go, what's the problem? They say, well, you know, I focus on this category to these people, and now I want to shift to this category because I believe my company can take it now. So what do you think I should say to this? And I'm not telling the full story. I remember raising my hand. This guy named Rick. I won't give his last name. What, sales is for 20 years. Great. And I said, hey, Rick. You know that story you just told me? I would tell that to all your customers. And at the end, I would say, hey, so I'd love to sell this product for you. Would you give me some of your business? And he literally looked at me and goes, yep. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to do. 
And there was just this element of like, just saying it out loud and having yeah. it reflected back to him where he was like, Oh, he knew what to do the whole time. Um, and I just love that. I just like love those aha moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. We could so, talk about sales. We could talk about sales huddle all day. I'll add one more thing and then you can tell <laughs> folks where they could try it yeah, out yeah. for themselves. Um, yeah. you know, I think the, the one thing that I, I, I just, as you're talking, I was thinking about sales huddle is the thing that's nice about it is that there's this mutual respect, right? Cause we're all there to get better at our craft. Right. Mm. So there's like this immediate, like, Hey, I respect you for taking time, you know, to show up and want to be better in sales and help others be better in sales as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love so that. with that, tell folks yeah. where they can check out, try, learn more, yeah. connect with you, all the goods. Yeah. So the beauty of sales huddle is that it's, it's free to try folks can come to, to three sales huddles. Um, just try it for yourself. Um, I really, love talking with experienced, um, salespeople, um, who have a, have a, a growth mindset and they want to get better. Now, here's the thing. Everybody says that. And what I look for when I talk to people before coming in is just like, how are you showing that? Right? Like, mm -hmm. how are you actually doing that? The other is that you get the vision and you want to lend your, your wisdom and your expertise and your, your presence and your time to others that are, that are doing the same. Um, and those are, those are really the, the three things we have people from, a variety of different industries from selling counterintelligence to the department of defense to like million dollar plus annual occurring deals to omni-channel communications to HVAC equipment to, you know, you name it. Um, and, and folks of all different roles. Um, so you can go to, you can go to join saleshuddle.com, just hear the story, some of the testimonials, there'll be a place to apply. And then what happens next is you just schedule a conversation with me. Um, it's not, there's a vetting process and the vetting has nothing to do with being exclusive. It just has to do with making sure that the, the folks like share the same vision and characteristics of like what, what will work in a, in a huddle. Um, that'd be a good time to ask me any questions too. If like, we're, we're kind of both, you know, um, assessing each other at that time. Awesome. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. There you go. Sales hustlers, check it out. Sales huddle. We'll drop the link in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, uh, please write us a review, share with your friends and we're listening for your feedback. Great. Thank you, Colin. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of sales hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.